everyone. Welcome to the By Nights or Book podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite books from the 2021 holiday season, Always in December. It's by Emily Stone, and in today's podcast, I am going to be talking with Emily Stone about her debut novel, and oh man, it... Buckle up. If you are, if you love holiday books, if you love romance, if you love incredible stories that transcend the holidays and transcend romance and transcend everything, this is, this is, this book is transcendent. It is a story that, um, honestly, it'll stay with you long after you finish it. Um, Always in December is the story of a woman named Josie, and she, lost her parents when she was young. They, they passed away on Christmas day. And so Christmas is a, is a very difficult time for her in general. Um, she lives in London and every year she sends a letter to her parents. Um, you know, she puts a letter in the mail, just giving them an update, keeping them in her life. And, um, she, she always says the same thing, missing you always. And she's, you know, she's someone who is, she's made the best of her life. She's moved on. She's, you know, she keeps her family in her memory. And as she goes to post this year's letter, she runs into somebody literally on her bicycle. She runs into a man named Max and all of a sudden her life changes. And Max is someone, you know, initially he's a little peeved at being run over by a bike, but, um, you know, over time they develop this incredible connection and, the connection that they have is something that, um, you know, truthfully, you can only hope to have with somebody and what happens in the story. I'm not going to spoil it because there's, there's a huge, there's a huge thing that happens in this story that, that is unexpected. And I actually talk a little bit about it in, in my interview, but, um, you know, you don't, you don't see the the story developing the way that you think it's going to develop. Max is a character who is, um, you know, he, he lives life to the fullest and he's, you know, he encourages Josie to step out of her, um, comfort zone and they do a lot of things. They celebrate the holidays and, and he really helps her to have a happy Christmas in a way that she hasn't been able to have for, for years. And, over time, what they realize is that, you know, even though they, they separate after Christmas, um, because he's re- he was planning on returning home to New York, um, to visit his family. And, um, even though they separate, what they find is that life keeps bringing them back together. And when life gives you second chances, you start to realize that you have to pay attention to these things. And, this, this powerful story stems from this relationship between these two people who keep coming together in the most unusual circumstances, but life brings them together. And honestly, as a, as a debut novel, I can't uh, think of many others that, that have this kind of impact. It's not a book that you can read lightly. Um, it's, you know, I, I know a lot of people who are, you know, fans of, uh, say the notebook or the time traveler's wife, you know, there, there are, are, times when you can read books like that. And, um, you know, for me, I didn't, I didn't see what was going to, what was coming in the book coming the way it did. And, uh, there's a, there's a story behind it because I was, I was so caught up in the story that I took it with me on my trip to Las Vegas to, uh, celebrate, uh, my mother's 
passing and, and by celebrate, I don't mean like celebrate, ha ha happy. It was celebrating her memory in a place that I know that we both loved. And so we, it was, it was a very emotional trip for me, but I brought this book with me thinking that this was the book that I wanted to be reading. And I realized that it was, it was the exact book I should be reading in that moment. Um, I just didn't quite know it at the time. So, you know, it's, uh, so yeah, if you, if you're looking for a book and, and you don't have, just because it's a holiday book doesn't mean it has to be read in the holidays. I know that, that, you know, today's December 21st. If you are, um, getting ready for Christmas, you might say, well, why would I read this book right now? Trust me. It doesn't matter that it's a, it, it's a, it's a holiday book, but it's not a holiday book. It's, it takes place throughout the year. So, um, the, the holiday is tied into, you know, because of what happened with Josie's parents and, um, when she meets Max. So you'll, you'll see that in the book. So I'm going to jump right into this, that the book is, it's available. It was published originally in the UK. It came out at the same time at the, in the U S and it's, uh, it's just, oh my gosh, it's, it's one of the most powerful books you'll read this year. So definitely check it out. But for now, enjoy my interview with author Emily Stone. Okay. So Emily, we are, um, we're, we're talking about your new book always in December and, um, I have to say this book has absolutely, it's one of those books that you don't, you don't see it coming, right? Like yeah. I didn't, I had no idea, like it, it arrived very, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those books that when you're, you, you're reading a bunch of books and then Amazon says, Hey, you know what? We think you'd like this book next. And so that's how I fell into it. And it's just, I haven't stopped thinking about it since I, I read it. I mean, could you talk a little bit about where this idea came from? How did you come up with this incredible story? <laughs> um, well, firstly, thank you for all those <laughs> lovely things. Um, this um, book came around in a slightly like roundabout way. Um, and I was having a coffee with a friend in London uh, pre-pandemic. <laughs> um, and um, we were actually talking about uh, grief so I'd lost a friend of mine um, who was just 28 and um, she had a brain aneurysm and died very unexpectedly and that was about 18 months before um, I was sitting and having coffee with this other friend um, but it was the first time I'd really been back to London so I worked in London uh, but I was, hadn't worked there for a while and I was back um, for a job and um, we it was the first time I'd met up with this friend and the first time, um, yeah, I'd been back to London. And so I was kind of, this friend was a London friend and I was hit with all these memories again. And um, I think so. We, 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 she was just asking how I was about it all. And we just started talking about that and the kind of grief that you have to learn to deal with as an adult. Um, and then we got kind of talking about these different kind of griefs and there's, and there's, the grief that you carry with you from a child and how that doesn't necessarily ever really go away but you learn to live with it and you process it differently um so my mom died when I was um seven and um the way I felt about that was so different um to the way I was, I was dealing with the loss of my friend and I think the time of your life that you experience it maybe influences it um that was sort of like a really sad way of starting the story um but and some of that ended up being more background, although I guess different. it's funny because the different reviews say different things actually about that. But um, yeah, and then I think from there, um, I had a like image of how Max and Josie, the two um, protagonists, how they meet. Um, so Josie um, is writing a letter to her parents 
who um, passed away a long time ago, but she writes them every Christmas and um, she runs over handsome stranger Max um, <laughs> with her bike. Um, and I knew that um, from the outset. And then I always knew how it was going to end. Um, so I just had to figure out how to get from the beginning to the end. Really. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mention grief because um, if I, if you don't mind, I'd like to share kind of how this book, the, my experience of reading this book, because I, you know, as I said, it, it kind of fell into my life. It wasn't, it was, I've been hearing people talk about it and, and I was, I was ordering a bunch of books and Amazon said, you should, you'll, based on what you read, you will yeah. love this book. And so I thought, okay, Amazon knows me really well. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to buy this book. And so I, so I had it and I started reading it, couldn't put it down. And I was about halfway through. And then last weekend I went to Las Vegas and it was supposed to be kind of a quick trip and I wasn't supposed to do any kind of work or it was supposed to be completely just a diversion. And I thought, no, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the book with me because I really need to know <laughs> what happens. And two, there's two reasons that this is very, very incredible the way this unfolded. So the reason I chose to go to Las Vegas that weekend is it was the one year anniversary of losing my mom because she passed away oh, last year and, um, you know, being right before Christmas and, you know, it was, yeah. it was just, it was the first year and I just, I needed to be away. I needed to be on my own. I just needed to kind of get, you know, clear my head and, and experience that first anniversary in my own way. So I went to Las Vegas because that's a place we both loved so much. And, um, <laughs> so as I was unpacking, the book fell out and I was like, I'm, I have to finish this book. Like I really, I'm so into it. I really need to see what happens. And the way it fell, it fell open and it fell to the end of the book. And I just happened oh, to glance no down and get this. And, and I hate, you know, I, I hate when books are spoiled because you, I mean, I, I had so many different visions of what was going to happen. So yeah. when it fell open in that page, it was like the signal, like, okay, you kind of needed, you needed to know that this was going to happen because you probably shouldn't read it today. Read it tomorrow. Don't read it on the day. <laughs> Don't read it on the exact day. You know, read it the next day. And I was, and so in this weird way, I was like prepared for it, but it was weird that it happened on that day. You know, it yeah, was, it was like, like I needed intervening. Yeah. It, and it was, it was cathartic. It was, it was almost like I needed to, to be reading the story about this, you know, this incredible uh, relationship that, you know, that, in, that ended too short, you know, too soon and all of these things that, that came from it. And so I, it felt like I needed this book in this moment in my life. And, and so it just, it's stress. So hearing you talk about, you know, how you experience grief at different times, like that's where I was. I mean, this whole year has been, been yeah. like that for me. So it, it just, it kind of, it, you know, hearing you talk about how you came up with it, it strikes me that it, it really, um, it, it will hit people different ways for different reasons. And it, it struck me, I think, even more powerfully because it was that, that anniversary. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. Um, I think, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? Every, everybody goes through these things at some point and we never get out unscathed. <laughs> um, and, um, I suppose that's something that both the characters and uh, very different ways of trying to deal with um, throughout the book. Um, so it's really lovely actually, um, there's been a couple of people, um, mainly on Instagram, 
I'm new to Instagram as of <laughs> as of joining because uh, my American publisher told me I should um, and um, it's been it's been really lovely um, to see some of the reviews and some of the people have got in touch who've been who've been through uh, losing someone and um, like saying that it really resonates with them so that's really nice um, because I am a, you know it, it can be difficult um, I think people have different reactions because uh, it depends what you go and expect don't I suppose um but yeah the the nice message has been really lovely to read yeah yeah and I I love I mean there's 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 something to the way that Josie and Max just hit it off from the beginning that <laughs> you know it, it, the foreshadowing that you build through the book there are these moments when you you know that there there must be something you know and, and it's not it's even well before they left you know they separated the first time that you know yeah. you get this sense that Max is is living life to the fullest. Like let's go do the you know do, do, doesn't matter what you're doing. Let's just let's go let's go ice skating. <laughs> let's go here. Let's go here. And he's just yeah. got this joie de vivre that you don't you don't see these days. And it's interesting to me that you wrote you know that you were having these ideas about it before the pandemic because I feel like as we've gone through this experience of the pandemic that sense of like, you know, seize the day and, and take advantage of every opportunity has really come to the fore for so yeah. many. Of yeah, now, I mean, here in the UK, everyone everyone's worried because it's all kind of kicking off again and, and people, I think, going back into lockdown, who knows, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I think um, the beginning of the book, um, which is Christmas at London and where they go off and have like all these little, little mini adventures, um, that was always the strongest part of the book actually so in a very I don't think I even wrote it like this a very early idea or conversation about this book um it was going to just be part one as in it was only going to be based over um that first December and it was going to end the way it ends at part one while also bringing in what happens at the ending I can't give away like exactly what happens but um so yeah it was it was going to be much smaller so that but and that grew over um I don't think I ever wrote it like that like I said but I did I had to like plan it out a few ways and decided that wasn't gonna work because it wasn't gonna be big enough um and maybe the characters wouldn't have formed like a strong enough connection for it to work um but the idea like so that first part where they're going off to the beach and going ice skating and going to a cool bar or whatever um not exactly what they were going to do but the idea that they would go and do I think ice skating was quite early on actually um <laughs> was always there but yeah I mean that was definitely pre-pandemic although I, I wrote uh I had the idea of it pre-pandemic and then I think I wrote it mostly during the pandemic um yeah gosh that's um, just that just I mean it's it 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 resonates so strongly with that, you know, that sense that, you know, you have somebody, and I love, like, I love the character. I love Josie's character that every, you know, every year that she's writing these letters to her parents and that's part of her process. And, you know, almost like checking in and, you know, like this is, this yeah. is how things are going. I mean, that's, it's so cathartic, but then the fact that, that, you know, she doesn't make it to that, but to the post box, you know, the, because she meets Max. I mean, it's, it's, it's like cosmic how you yeah. kind of brought them together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the way they meet <laughs> um, and that they're both kind of actually don't, they almost don't really, they have different reasons, but they don't, neither of them really are in the right place to meet someone. Um, and that's so much what um, 
guide Max's decisions um, over the year um, and the fact that he won't tell Josie is because what, of what's going on and um, he doesn't want to face up to some things that are happening in his own life himself. So that, that uh, means that he doesn't really want to meet anyone at that time and she's just broken up with somebody who's cheated on her and she's, she doesn't like Christmas time anyway. She's really not in the right frame of mind to meet someone. Um, so yeah, and then the idea being that they meet each other when they sort of need each other. Um, but um, yeah, like the timing kind of off. Yeah. And I love how, you know, like you say, they, they meet each other and they, they keep seeing each other when they need each other. And every time you can kind of get this sense that Max is trying in his own way to tell her these things and she's just yeah. never in a place to receive his messages. Yeah, I mean, so that's really interesting, has been interesting people reading it. I think that's always the case with the book and that's what's so great about reading, right? Is that everybody reads things slightly differently. So we all take slightly different things from what we're reading. We all interpret things really differently. Um, and it can be different to like, so some of it is different to what I had in mind or what I was thinking that the characters were thinking. Um, so that's been a really interesting um, thing to read because a lot of people talk about the like misunderstandings between them over the course of the year. And actually when I started out writing it, it was, he does sort of, at, you know, in New York, he sort of tries to tell her, but actually in my head, he doesn't ever really want to. Yeah. So he doesn't really ever want to tell her. So it's not, he could try a lot harder, um, but he is so, you know, if she, it, and he's, half tells her or, or he kind of wants her to just figure it out or he he just doesn't want to face up to it until the very end he's really not ready um to face up to it um and he hasn't known what to do and he's kind of falling for her more than he thought he would and all of this and he doesn't really know what the right thing to do is for her um as well as like not wanting to deal with it himself um so for me those kind of times where he tries to tell her he he just doesn't really want to so therefore he doesn't push hard enough um and she has her own reason you know she's trying to deal with things her her own way and as far as she knows you know I think it's in the blurb that he that he just cares about saying goodbye after Christmas the first time they meet and um she you know she's quite hurt by that and she's she's you know she does different things over the course of the years she's got different reasons to not want to listen to him because she's trying in one way or another to move on to her life with her life, even though she can't quite forget him. Um, so for me, it's not that they're like they're, they're misunderstanding or they're refusing to talk, it's that they both just don't want to. Yeah. Um, but um, it's been interesting that people, some people really pick up on that and some, and some don't. So yeah, interesting to um, hear everybody's opinion on it. Yeah, well, and I think it, because, because you wrote Josie's character so beautifully, you know, that she's, you know, experience this trauma of having to lose people that she loves, you know, and then what happens with Oliver, it's like, she's never really open to, you know, she's, yeah. she's constantly trying to protect herself. So even if he was trying, like she just wasn't, you know, it was always her perception. It was, it, it's so interesting how her perception of what was going on was so yeah, far absolutely. from what was actually going on. And yeah. And, and I think, and again, you know, like you've created this world that's just so, so fantastic, you know, that he has these parents 
you know, that are, he has parents that are trying to help him. So he goes to New York and, you know, and then, and, but that's the reason he's going for, you know, he's, if, if you're not paying attention to, you know, the detail of how he's saying it, it sounds like he's going to, to New York for Christmas, but yeah. there's so much more <laughs> to it. And then his, you know, his sister is, is a physician and she's kind of the golden child. And then you have Aaron, who's just kind of there. And, and so from Josie's perspective, looking at all of this, it would, it's very easy to see how she forms these opinions of what's actually going on and, you know, yeah. what's, what's happening. And I, I think that's kind of the brilliance of how you put the story together because <laughs> at no point do you get, you know, like I said, I, I was halfway through not seeing this. Ha- I mean, this, I was, I was excited to see what was going to happen, but I had no sense of what was actually going to happen and so in a way I felt like I was Josie like I was like oh my gosh like I mean that hit me as far as as it hit her and it's so you know because it's so clever you know you have Aaron who's just kind of there and you're like you know and it doesn't really make sense but it does and and I think it's so beautiful that he had this kind of support in his life at that point yeah Absolutely. And, and I, he has, he definitely has people who, I mean, they both have people who love them and care about them. Um, but you're so right. I think um, Josie just um, doesn't, she really doesn't want to open herself up and she, she never really does. And she has like some really lovely friendships and she's got a great re- relationship with her grandparents, but she doesn't, um, it, it takes her almost till the end of the, right at the end where she's sort of more open and, has changed over the course of the novel but um she absolutely and, and I think I would do it in, in the situation and you some of the situations where she's she's just like do you know what you keep what you keep doing this to me or you keep um dragging me here and from her perspective absolutely when she looks from it from the outside she's like well I think I would jump to that conclusion and she's very likely and that's probably why she does is because I was I can empathize with it but um she, she um yeah she she doesn't want to like put her heart on the line again um so it's easier for her to to just try and like draw a line under it in certain situations and and she finds herself you know slipping at certain points and everything um but yeah there's a very uh clear character reason why she why she doesn't want to listen to what he's he's trying and failing to say (laughs) And, and, and it really speaks to, you know, to what you said about the start of the book, because that time they spend together, that was so unexpected for him and, and so unexpected for her. I mean, neither one of them, you know, they say that, you know, you find love when you're not looking for it. You know, it's, it's when you yeah. expect it. And it's like, you know, they both opened up to each other in a way that they probably have never opened up to anyone else. And it was in my, my sense of it is that it's, so much of it is because not either they didn't expect it. So they were willing to be open and willing to be vulnerable, but they also felt the connection. I mean, it seems like they felt like by the time, you know, by the time it was time to say goodbye, by the time Boxing Day arrived, they were, they were so connected that it was more of a connection than either had ever felt. Yeah. And I think, um, that sort of so actually um Max doesn't intend for that to happen and I think I think like had for whatever reason um Max 
had it wasn't leaving at that moment or had had situations been slightly different they probably would have spent more time together and then it would have got harder and harder to say goodbye and I'm not sure like it was partly because it was so fleeting he he's able to like drag himself away um because he already got in deeper than he was expecting and she yeah she's totally not expecting it um and it's easy to roll along with it but we all know that I think even if we haven't experienced it we have seen films we've read books and we can really empathize with that like whirlwind when you just get dragged you get dragged along with it and you don't really you you don't have time to unpick it so Mm -hmm. it's easier to go along with something when it's like um where there's not too much overthinking and there's not um you know in the beginning that you know they're, they're sort of the connection is there but there's like they don't immediately fall into like a big romance. They have like a kind of slow build between them sort of at the beginning. Um, and even though there's there's like the underlying chemistry and, and I think Joe's is always like thinking, okay, I don't, I don't quite know what's going on here. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, you know, it's not stated and they're not, he's not saying, can I go on a date with you? So there's not the pressure for either of them. He's not asking her on a date. She's not saying yesterday. They, um, I wrote a piece actually for, um, this just reminded me for um, a website called Women's Writers, Women's Book, Women's Book. Um, and uh, it's an interview with Josie and Max after they go to the pub. So it's after he, after oh. she knocks him over on the bike and then they go to the pub. And they both, the, it just reminded me because the end, the last question is like, are you looking forward to a date? And they're both like, it's not a date. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's easier to go along with that kind of, um when there's not that pressure um Mm. and then after you know after he leaves everything becomes more heightened and they can't you know they run into each other and how do you then deal with something that you were like you've decided to like try and close off and neither of them have really been able to quite get over it so then it becomes bigger over the not in terms of necessarily what happens between them but in terms of what they're feeling Right, right. And it, I think that speaks to ultimately, you know, without without talking about exactly how things happen, but his love for her seems to only keep building. And that's evidenced by like, he's trying, like he's, as much as it's hurting him to not be able to talk about it, he's protecting her, even when it yeah. gives him greater pain not to explain, you know, not to, I think there's a part where you're like, I, I, I know you think I'm a dick and, you know, like in, in, you know, he, because, you know, like, and, and it's like, he knows, he knows what, yeah. what's happening, but he's, he loves her so much at this yeah. point, you know, like that he's just constantly trying to protect her, you know, knowing that not only, you know, he's in a situation, but you know, that she dealt with this with her parents, like he's just trying to protect her the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, he um he doesn't really know what the right thing to do. And I'm not I'm not totally sure. And again, there's been some people that get to the end and they're like, okay, I can see like why he was doing what he was doing. Um mm-hmm. and maybe others that, that wish he would have said something. Um but I think for me it was always he just doesn't know what the right thing to do is. Um and I'm not sure I would either in his situation. Um so I yeah and you're right like by the time they get to Edinburgh in part three um he slightly manipulates things so that you know he's there he's there because he knew she was going to be there but um he um so he can't quite stay away from her and he wants to like see her but he kind of wants her to be happy on her own and he he, he's got these like conflicting desires and he can never really um match that up um 
and he sort of does eventually match it up at the end but um yeah potentially funny too late but (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's just what makes it so magical is that it 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 despite being so you know so heavy and so intense there's this there is this sense that comes from it that it's just everything happened the way it had to and yeah it's just this and Josie becomes I don't want to say she becomes a better person because she wasn't a bad person she was just in a position where she needed she needed a kind of a push and he was yeah she needed something yeah yeah Yeah. I mean I think she quite um and I guess again we've all been in those situations where we're just doing what we're doing because we don't know what the alternative should be um Mm -hmm. and you know or making a decision to do something different feels scary always you know even if we're not like super happy like change is always more difficult than staying the same right mentally if not um physically but um so she quite you know she might have just stayed doing the same you know quite a lot of the decisions she makes over the course of even even the decision that she makes at the beginning of part two which we see off we actually see from her perspective but is is sort of because of max so she ends up having a year of quite a lot of change um that she probably wouldn't have had if it wasn't for this catalyst um and that's hopefully like the ending is um is uplifting will aim the, the very end is supposed to be uplifting for that point of view that she um you know she's had a hard year but she sort of almost had to go through it to get to somewhere that she wouldn't have been otherwise and for her that was a positive thing and you know it's not that everything is tied up with a neat bow and she you know she doesn't you know she's still unsure maybe where she'll be in five years time but she is happier mm-hmm. will be happier as a result <laughs> yeah and it in the beautiful part is that so many of those things that are making her happier and that will make her happier in the future are tied to these wonderful memories that yeah you know, it, it's it's like this lingering presence throughout yeah but it's it's such a it's such a phenomenal story I have to ask what after writing something like this what where do you go from here what are you, are you working <laughs> on another book <laughs> yeah um I've got I've just it's just been handed into the UK copy editor actually and I think my US um editor is reading it so I don't actually know for sure in what capacity it will be published in the US yet. Um, this is like quite in the, in the like, ups. it's definitely gonna be published as it has been this year in the UK. Um, but I'm waiting for the verdict from the US <laughs> editor. It's always like um, a funny time when you're like just waiting around. <laughs> um, but, I've, but I've handed in the book and it's gone to the UK uh, copy editor and it's called The Last Gift. Um, so that is book two um and if it if it goes ahead as planned then it will be published next october um and it's another novel that deals with grief (laughs) (laughs) um but it's a different sort of grief um and the ending is arguably happier for everybody that was annoyed about (laughs) this ending (laughs) um but uh it still made me cry in places where I sing it, but I'm an emotional reader and writer, so I cry very easily at things. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's about um, Cassie, 
uh, Kathy and Sam are the two protagonists this time. There's more, actually it's more from both male and female uh, points of view this time. Um, and it's still a love story and um, it still deals with sorts with a kind of grief. Um, and it still starts and ends at Christmas, although it spans the whole year. And actually I think it's slightly less Christmassy than this one. Um, because like a, a quite a big proportion of this one takes place at Christmas. Um, but, and obviously Josie, it, J- Josie has a quite a, a strong opinion about Christmas. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's, there's still that, Cassie loves, loves Christmas. So it's just, um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty, I'm pleased that it's, it's taken quite a few edits. I think they always say that book two is hard and it definitely felt harder to pull together. I think always in December, um, I, not much I did change actually the first time I wrote always the first time I wrote all the way through I wrote um part two in New York from Josie's point of view and I didn't have anything from Max's point of view and then in an edit I rewrote the whole of part two and it became completely different right because they actually don't see each other towards the end of that part so she I sort of know what she's doing in her life too but <laughs> um it was very different that part um and actually I think we interacted more in the first draft but anyway it was all from her point of view and then um, now it's from his. Um, and that was when he came alive as a character, actually. He changed quite a lot of his character in my head and came alive more on the page. And then I added the bit at the end from his point of view too, which hadn't been there. Um, but apart from that, it was quite, um, I don't want to say straightforward, but um, it felt quite natural to write. Um, whereas this second book has been harder. There's more moving parts and there's probably more going on in terms of like different, yeah different areas of the two protagonist lives as well as the love story and as well as the like person that that they're grieving um I don't know what I'm basically I like I don't know what they're going to put on the blurb yet so I don't know what (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's a secret and what's not um so that's basically tells you nothing but there's there's um so there's a treasure hunt every year um Kathy's brother writes her a treasure hunt for Christmas and that plays a part in the book so um she uh, ends up even as an adult following a sort of treasure hunt in the present day that sounds that sounds so much fun and I mean I have to wonder because you you mentioned being an emotional reader and you know certainly this book is is one that will pull on every heartstring that you have What's it like? I mean, now that you, since you've you've mentioned that the second book also deals with a different kind of grief, as a, as a, a writer, is it cathartic? You know, you, you kind of mentioned at the top of the interview about the things that you've been through personally. Like, is it cathartic to write these other experiences of grief, or do you do you find yourself bogged down? Do you because I know with I know with actors, because I talk to a bunch of of actors, you know, in the course of my job, and and it's interesting to me because they always they love, they said, you know, it's, people always think it's hard for them to, to act through the difficult scenes, the, the emotional yeah. scenes. They say they love those the most because they can get more creative, <laughs> which just seems kind of masochistic to me because it just seems like, <laughs> but you know, as an um, author, like how, what's that like for you going into some, you know, to other people's grief, even though they're your characters and you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, um, so for Josie, I think it, I think it varies like the ending of always December made me cry almost every time I had to revisit it not like sobbing but quite like emotional and I had to like 
just research like I was I could I could have let myself cry to like feel you know that feeling when you're like um and but but I mean I I quite like adverts on the TV <laughs> um or they make me tear up and like I'm constantly on the verge um so so I yeah which is you know I didn't know whether it was going to make people cry because I was like well I'm sad but it, that's really not a very like scale on the scale that's not very hard um so yeah I um I don't know if it's cathartic I think um I think it feels different I think it feels like separate to me sometimes um I don't think so it's not that like if I had to go through the grief again I would find it easier because of the writing although I guess like I guess the like you know everybody going through it um together type thing and you know you do find a way through it and I think you know when my friend died that was um something that one of my really other close friends um so I rang her when it happened and, and that's what she was saying um they the two different um parts of my life but and um she was like well you, you you have been through it before and you will be able to get through it and so I think that the feel you know being able to write something and be like people will be fine the other end is quite a like um I don't know if cathartic is the right word, but it's quite a nice experience to write it from the beginning to the end and be like, okay, they are going to be okay. And um, it sort of feels like you're like hand holding a bit. So like it will, you know, we, people will be okay and we will be able to get through this. Um, and Josie writing about her parents, um, there are there are things in there that are potentially things that I feel or think with regards to my mum. I'm not sure you can really write something like that and not have your own experiences filtered through if they're similar um not to you know very different circumstances and everything and not to the extent but like little things um so there's a line in the book that's um Josie says to Max they're sad and she's she's um they're at a wedding and she's uh, in this big beautiful castle in Edinburgh and um she's gone outside and he follows her out there and they're under the stars it's all very romantic and um and she, I can't remember how it comes around, but she says that she's thinking of her parents and he starts to try and comfort her or to say the right thing. And she kind of stops him and she's like, no, I'm, I'm actually honestly okay. Um, because, um, you know, the fact that I'm sad about it means that I love them and um, means that, um, you know, that, it, that it's part of, that it, they've made me part of who I am today. And you know what, like I actually quite like who I am. today um and she she isn't you know she doesn't hate herself she's not like um struggling with that kind of she doesn't have self-loathing or anything she just doesn't quite know where she fits yet um and so I think that is a is something that I can really empathize with so um with my mum I um like I'm I'm very I'm very sad about she died when I was seven so I you know and there's a lot of things I'm sad about and one of them is you know I, I didn't get to know her and how different would my life been you know if I had a mum growing up and all of these kind of things and um I think ultimately you can't change it so yes it might have been better or it you know probably would have been in lots of ways and and there's a lot you know and it, but um there are things in my life that I'm proud of and you get that through the path that you take and I don't know so much that you wouldn't get that otherwise but more that you just don't know the alternative 
so you sort of have to be like okay well you know unless you're gonna go insane with it like well okay I you know and that's kind of what Josie Kemp comes to the conclusion is of well you know I I'm here and I'm and I'm okay and I'm happy with where I am and I've got these people I love and you know there's a lot of good things in my life and who know you know you don't know the alternative would be better so you sort of have to um you know maybe I wouldn't have written a book or I don't know like so so there is there are similar things that and maybe as you write them you kind of reaffirm them um I'm not sure the like cathartic thing though (laughs) maybe that's just me um but I am able to like switch off from it so I can write it and it doesn't make me like cry at night um actually less probably books that I read probably affect me more deeply in terms of like being unable to you know when you cry yourself to sleep like crying yeah. <laughs> um so um it doesn't have that it, but it does it does make me sad sometimes yeah. so that was a really long-winded answer I just I mean it was it was it really it, it really showed so much insight though so I, I definitely appreciate that and um <laughs> So I just have, I have one last question. This has been so much fun and, and it being able to break down this, this incredible book, but on the back of the book, on the, on the, in your author blurb, it mentions that you wrote the book in a Victorian manner <laughs> with its very special library. Could you share a little bit about where you wrote the book? Because I'm just completely fascinated by that description and it just opens up all of these these magical images in my mind <laughs> well um, I'm actually there right now <laughs> um so I'm sat in the like in the dining area um in the corner it's my sister's house actually um my and I've been living with my sister uh, since last September as a pandemic um related move um and um she and my brother-in-law bought this house uh, I want to say like three or four years ago um and it was and it's quite it's like um the, oh yeah old Victoria Manor, Manor house um it's called Penmole House uh you can actually google it um reportedly and I don't know how I don't know if this is I think it is fact but I don't know how what the connection is but JK Rowling grew up down the road from the house wow um and um it is in a place called Chepstow <laughs> which is on the border of England and Wales. Um, so actually we can like, my nearest town is, I walk into Wales, but I technically live in England, <laughs> literally right on the border. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, it's um, it's being done up. A lot of the rooms you can't really, um, you can go in, but you can't live in because um, they've not got heating and like all furniture or anything. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like oldie worldie. Um, and one day I think um, the other plan was is to like have the occasional writing retreat and stuff here um, very much down the line I think things got put on hold as did everything through the pandemic um, but yeah there's um, it's a very cool place yeah, that, yeah it, it just it evoked so many different images so I just I, I had to ask because it just I, I can only imagine what it must be like writing in a place like that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can Google it. It's called Penmore House Chapstow. <laughs> and I think, um, I think like the, I don't know what uh, comes up. I think like the floor plan and stuff comes up. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, we don't, 
we don't really have manners with that kind of history here in, in Southern yes. California. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we take it for granted actually in the UK because there's some, there's so many beautiful houses that you just like drive past or walk past. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is very cool. Um, I mean, it was, it was like uninhabited for quite a while, which is why they managed to buy it. That's so cool. Bring it back to life. <laughs> It actually sort of features in the second book, actually. I don't ever name it, but it was uh, the, some of the descriptions are the same, and it's in the same area. It's only in like one chapter, but um, I got it in this. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. It's like a little Easter egg. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for for being here, and for thank you for writing this book. I mean, this book is just. I, I hope they make a movie of it. And, and I hate to say that because I know I'll just be bawling the entire time. <laughs> I would love to have a movie version of this book. It's just Oh, me so too. Phenomenal. Let's hope. <laughs> 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 do, do you have, did you have people in mind? Like if, if they cast, if they called you, do you have people in mind? People ask me, and I'm actually supposed to do um, an Instagram live soon. Um, and, <laughs> and I've got to, I've got to think the answer to this. Um, and I don't know I've been asked it before and I don't really answer to it. I'm terrible with actresses and actors names as in like I, I just um, I'm not a really big like fangirl when it comes more I'm more with authors than than, um, <laughs> than actors I mean I love films but like I, I find it really hard to know like who would play what <laughs> um, but I do and I also I don't when I read I don't, I don't um, have like clear images of people in my head so mm -hmm. when when films are cut, for me, books I love, I kind of almost always am like, okay, well they don't look like that, but I couldn't tell you what they do look like, or I couldn't tell you who would be a better person, like because I, I don't I don't read very visually. So I think when I was writing, actually that's something I had to go back through and add. Um, <laughs> but um, when I was writing it, I don't have, I don't have images of either of them. I can I can visualize like bits, but the, but the faces are blurry and stuff. And I can more like visualize people talking to each other or something, but mm -hmm. it's not, um, it's not like, yeah, it's not like a, a scene in front of me. And I don't know, I don't know whether, I mean, I need to pay more attention to whether, what other authors say to that, um, whether people have a really strong image of what they look like in their head. I'm sure some do, just like some readers do, right? Um, but yeah, so I don't know who <laughs> will say them. <laughs> I think that's a good thing because then I won't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's totally okay. I mean, because some people do, some people have very clear images and others don't. But I love yeah. what you said about you know that you hear their conversations more, and I think that's there's something to that. I think that's that's even more powerful because you've connected up with them in a different way than yeah. It's not just about two people having a, it's about what they're saying and their emotions. And that's, yeah, that's so much more important. Yeah, that definitely always comes first. I don't, couldn't always tell you what. I know I have to tell people what they look like. <laughs> it's sort of become slightly irrelevant. I had this in the, the last gift, actually. She was like, I don't know what Cassie looks like. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I have to go through. I did, I did have an, like, I had certain ideas of what she's like, but more out of like, she's really short. And that was my main script because she's short. There's like other things that come with that. So, mm. um, so that was why why I knew she was short. Um, but like that was about that was like my defining thing of what she was like. <laughs> and other than that, I was like, oh, okay, she's going like, um, yeah. So that comes slightly later usually for me. 
<laughs> well, I love it. And it's, I'm, I'm so excited for your new book and, and I can't wait <laughs> to hear more about that. But this book, just thank you so much for, for writing this beautiful story and sharing it with, with everybody. It's, it's just, it's oh. been. Well, thank you for reading it and thank you for talking to you about it. Yeah, well, thank you so much.